If something that I say, that's the truth, hurts your feelings, well, that's your problem, motherfucker. That ain't got nothing to do with me. If the truth hurts your feelings, fuck your feelings. You're in the wrong, all right? What is going on? It's Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. It's the Full Mount Podcast, episode 18. You know who it is, Ruben Aguilar Jr., joined by your man, Trent McGregor. Good morning, brother. We're here to... Good morning. We're here to talk shit. <laughs> We're here to talk more We've already been talking shit, but <laughs> we're here to talk shit about some fights. So what's what's going on, bro? Well, you What's know, coming up? Well, what are we going to look forward to? Well, so how excited are you about Overeem? Actually, I gotta Next. say, <laughs> I'm about as I'm about as excited as Simon Cowell. All right. Next. Yeah, yeah I'm I, I don't know. Do well, Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov fighting this Saturday. I'm actually more interested for the co-main event because what's the co-main? Uh, it's a bantamweight bout between Corey Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Oh yeah, Corey Sanhagen's the man. Corey and Sanhagen's awesome. Frankie Edgar has been. Um, he should have retired a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's still a legend, but, though. Hey, I still love him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I don't care about the Volkov, um, over him because I don't. No, that disrespect. Yeah, fair enough. Over him has is is beyond has is way past his prime. You know what I mean? He's just so far out of his prime, and Volkov is like a middle of the pack guy. And what intrigues anybody is the special people. The people that are either the champs, that's why the, the champ fights are the best fights. Yeah. Or the people that could possibly become champs. If you're not in that conversation, then fucking what? You know what? Next. Like you're an under you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. sorry, but that's why that's why that's why I didn't get over the moon about um last week's fight with uh Shit, they just left my mind. Like I literally can't even remember their names. The um, last week, last, last week's week fight night. Last oh, week's uh, fight night. Holloway and Colin Cater. No, the fight night. The one before that. No, after that, in the middle of the week. Oh yeah, sorry. Kiesa uh, uh, and Magni. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Kiesa and Neil Magni. So I don't know why. See, look, just, like, we, well, we totally forgot like, about bro, it. The reason why. Not memorable. <laughs> like the the well yeah yeah because and like. Can you see Michael Kiesa really, really beating someone like uh, um, Usman, or even or, or Neil Magny? No, no, no. Um, and and then when you look at the the fights coming up this week, it's hard to get out of bed for because when you look at who's ahead of them in the runs, they're they're way better. You got Curtis Blades up in there, Francis Ngannou. Look what Francis Ngannou done to Overeem. And Overeem, prob- yeah. he's got a very good chance of winning this fight. So now, and I do get it. You like to you like to um, watch uh, fights because people are fighting and it's entertaining. But people will be watching this weekend for the co-main. So Corey Hansagen, because he is special. You know what I mean? He's got a real good, he's got a really, really good chance of getting that belt at some point, or at least, you know he can compete with those guys up at those, up at the the, the top the top division, of the yeah. division, and he'll 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 put on a really good show. And I think this week and he'll make Frank Eager really look like he sh- like he shouldn't be there. And like no no just I don't want to disrespect these old veterans and that, but fuck, 
Well, he should have retired a long time ago. How many times has he been knocked out? How many times has he been knocked out? Like, how many times has he been whooped? Whooped by people that have never even (laughs) been close to the belt, you know? But, and all, and with all, in all fairness, um, Frankie was a, a champion. Andy was a champion at lightweight. So he's, um, he, at, at once upon a time, he was, he was the, the um the Corey Sanderhagens, you know, he was that he was that up and coming beast of a of a fighter and he did get that belt and he was in those special championship fights, but let's be real, are we gonna be talking about fucking Corey Sanderhagen in twenty twenty nine? If he you know, in another ten years, nine years. I hope right. he's not fighting, you know, because by then he'll be by then he'll be forty as well. Yeah, I reckon yeah, I, there should be a there should be a fucking thing in MMA that when you turn forty, boom, you're done. Your license is lost. That should be it. Mm, that's interesting. That should be it. And 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 if you want to get it in, then you got to go for it and get it in. You know, like there there is the 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 sum. There is the there is the Daniel Cormier that went to forty one or whatever and was well, a champion. The, but there's the old Romero's who's still look competing at, at the top go, too. Yoel Romero is not human. All right, I'm talking about human. <laughs> uh, um, I knew you're gonna say that. I knew you're gonna say. <laughs> I knew you were gonna like, say that. <laughs> with the with the whole DC thing, if you look at the how well he fought, and then when you look at what his age was, mate, when when he hit that forty, and he's a special human as well. When he got to forty, that was it. And he beat Stepe once, and then he lost back to back. So, I mean, if he, you know, he went on, he, he he didn't go out as a winner. So I mean, if he'd if if he'd gotten given the cut off at forty year old, he would have gone off as a double champ. That's interesting. I got like think I think about that. I feel like I feel like uh, the only reason why I say maybe don't throw a forty year old time limit right now is only mm-hmm. because the the sport is so young still. It's only yeah, twenty five years young. That's the reason why we're seeing so many old guys and they're staying. Uh, I know that, but and, still, even though the forty year olds of today are looking a hell of a lot better than the forty year olds of ten years ago, that next generation thing you've got to remember they're fighting the fucking 25 year olds yeah 28 year olds bro a 28 year old in comparison to a 40 year old ask any 40 year old ask any one of them you know what i mean they'll be honest and they'll tell you hey 28's a better place to be in life it just is what it is oh i definitely agree with that and we're all gonna be we're all gonna be old as fuck one day but Hey, like maybe they should have a legends league for the forty pluses. You know, maybe yeah. they should have that, and people still watch that shit because those guys were once those special guys that we're talking about. But back to what we're talking about, Overeem and Volkov. Am I excited about it? Near. Yeah. Might watch it, but I mean, I watched the whole entire card of the Magni- Neil Magny and Kessa fight, and I couldn't even remember their fucking names. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And like. I don't know, man. I don't feel. I feel like so. The only reason why I'm I, being harsh, aren't I? I'm being well, harsh. I want, so. Or am I being real? I want to make a few points. So just to like to counter, um, you know what I was saying before about the. I feel like the 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 UFC is so young that it's still trying to figure out like what's the best ways to make fights. You know, like the weight yeah. cutting is still a problem, right? The age is still a problem. Guys can still fight into their forties. And then they're placing them up against twenty-eight-year-olds, and the, I feel there, yeah. there's so many things that they still have to figure out. And it's such a young sport that You'll, you can't put a pin down yet because it's like 
It's yeah. still too young before they can make a definitive answer. If they've had 50 years of, of this, or even five more years, let's see what it looks like after five well, more years. The Because they'll have the, cleaned out all the older guys by that time, in my opinion. Yeah, well, the, the listen, the, the human body is, is always trying to sustain life, okay? It's trying to live for as long as it can. So when you start getting to that 40-year-old, all those, that fast twitch reaction timing, all that explosiveness, it, it, what, it, your body stops moving like that so that you're not fucked by the time you're 60. You know what I mean? It, it really does naturally start slowing down. That's why those guys struggle to cut weight when they get older. Why am I not cutting weight like I was when I was young? Yeah. It's because your body's trying to keep you alive, you old cunt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, dude, that's so good, man. I, I've yeah, it's it's just and, um, it's so hard, like, man. Like I, there's so bro, many variables that ruin careers, and so many variables that and like, they, make they start they start getting knocked out easily, easily yeah. too. And it's not cool to watch. It's not fucking cool to watch, bro. Where I'm like, oh, like even with that Mike Tyson, Roy Jones shit, like that was a boxing match, a little different. Actually, it's a whole lot different. Yeah, different, different. It's not the same thing. It's fucking, it's baseball to cricket, mate. It's not the same thing. Like, when you got those little gloves on, and we're not having, we've never had those old men fights in the UFC, rarely when it's two, like, plus age guys. It's always, like, a fucking BJ Penn just getting twisted up in two seconds by Ryan Hall. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I thought BJ Penn was the man. Yeah, well, he was. He fucking was. Yeah. No, nah, he was the, he was the, one of the, he was the, people thought he was the goat at the time, bro. He, they gave him well, goat he's been, status. He's literally been fighting for 20 hey, years, man. Fuck, like, and he's insane. still fighting. And like, oh, fuck. It just like, like, watching his last few fights, like, who did he, I think he got, I think he fought Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez. Did he fight Yair? Yeah, and Yair Rodriguez kicked his old ass head off. That's what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that, um, Yaya Rodriguez fought um, old mate who's fighting this week. Did you see what happened to BJ, though? Did you see what happened to BJ recently? Yeah, he's always going through shit, though, eh? Yeah, it's too bad, because we met him. We met him back in North Van. He's a chill dude. dude. He's a cool dude. Dude. Great dude. I have a video of me, like, talking to him and giving him a hug and, you know, wishing him obrigado and all this stuff. He's a great guy, man. He's, like, he's got absolutely... He's one of those guys that's so fucking humble, bro. Dude. He has no like intention to be a tough guy in him at all. Like really, he's kind of like this shy, quiet, like nothing to prove. He doesn't need to make noises. You know, the whole world already knows who he is. Yeah. He's just chilled as fuck, but it's just unfortunate about what's going on in their personal lives. Cause you see it, it's, uh, it's, it's something that goes across the sport, bro. When this sort of shit start, I, I, and it has to do with the CTE or has to do with 100%. the, with the not getting because one thing that happens too, bro, when you, when you have that fight or flight instinct kick in, your body releases serotonin and serotonin stays in there for fucking forever. Now I'm not an expert on none of this shit, but it, like that chemical balance between serotonin and dopamine in that often with the fight or flight thing is it, too much serotonin to, uh, dopamine so that makes you far more likely to become depressed and not only that it's just to fucking 
angry, angry people. You know what I mean? And like, um, you see it when these guys drink, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. the 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 best of the best don't drink. It's just what it is. That they shouldn't ever. And then when certain guys do, and I'm not speaking for everyone, when you certain guys do, they fucking fly off the handle, bro, and do some crazy shit. Yeah, hundred percent. Even 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 Connor punching old dudes. I mean, look at yeah. Mike Perry. Mike Perry's probably filled up Just more police notebooks. And... <laughs> yeah, more police notebooks than he has fight cards, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's like, oh, man. This this sport is an insane one to be in, right? And I bro, feel that, like it, it's, it's you know, it's part of the, you know, when you come into the sport, there's there's the guys that are, you know, the wonder boys of the world and the martial artists with the discipline oh, and the very nice people. And, and yeah. there's there's an edge to this game. And, and, and along with, like this, what what I'm saying is like the sport is so young; it's so hard to figure out scientifically how it can yeah. progress. Because like you look at other leagues like the NBA and, and the NFL, how they've been able to progress and evolve and change. The UFC still needs to go through that because they're so young. Like this is yeah. not a sport that's a hundred years like, old. Also, like, to go sorry to cut you off, brother, but yeah, everybody, yeah. every single human being is different. Yeah. So to say that they're all going to turn out to be violent drunks is obviously not true I mean, no. it's not what i'm saying yeah and but that's not are, the case there for are, a lot of fighters too nah nah there are going to be a whole there is going to be a there is going to be a lot of them though all right yeah. there's going to be there's going to be a fair share of them and yeah this sport is still young so we are still only seeing the effects now right now and yeah. go and look at how many and there was one there was one story that came out not long ago and i can't even remember the dude's name but he has a crazy story about CTE and the UFC is going to compensate him or something like that. Well, I hope so. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, Sam, but... Sam, someone, but yeah. Um, yeah. It affects everyone differently. And who knows? We don't know. So, like wonder boys a really nice guy right now and he probably will be forever. But then you got those quiet ones, bro, that come from those, that rough lifestyle already. Right. You know, like um, even, even Dustin Poirier, bro. You know, look at he he he's come from a rough spot, man, and he got into fighting like just just set up fist fights. He just got into fighting because he wanted to fight, and he yeah. he was an emotional fighter for a good lot of his career. Only in the last few, he's been coming out chill. You know, and he's had fucking wars, bro. You can't tell me that you can get you can go through five round battles and get he's been knocked out a few times too, and then be okay when you're 50 i was just looking at the news were you, were you talking about spencer fisher that's what i was talking about yeah crazy story i'm gonna disabled and unable this. to work in a heartbreaking update with cte so he's gonna he is going to be receiving compensation i feel like you know you know we've we've kind of caught off the rails but this is such a legitimate conversation that you we're off the rails bro yeah but there's nothing I, happening but, this, <laughs> but dude this is such an important conversation that i want to cover on because like you you brought it up and you made really good points dude like we're only seeing the effects like what you just said is so important we're just seeing effects of cte now, now because the sport is so young so it's like kind of my question is almost like or not a question but it's hopefully we get to see how the ufc progresses and develops into some sort of i don't want to use aftermath because it sounds like crap but like an aftermath program like once they're done fighting how can we help these people because like the nba and the nfl have something where in a retired association where they are providing them compensation with health benefits to be able to help them because look a lot of these seven footers dude a lot of seven footers can't walk Here's, properly anymore listen, a lot of these guys like yeah, you know this is what you should do okay this is what you should do 
And if you believe in the sport, what you do is you have to sign some, they should make it uh, sign some sort of, because listen, this, the UFC cannot afford just to fucking be paying all these guys when they're not fighting. It's just exactly. not how the business is going to work. So here's my genius idea that I'm just making up on the spot is that you get these guys to sign some kind of contract that if they would like to, here's an option, you take 10% of your fight pay, which is going to be a lot of money for a lot of these guys. 10% is a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe 5%. Or you do three and three, and the UFC puts in three, 3% extra of your pay, and if you decide to do this, because this is a scheme that's worked before, and you invest it in the company. So you invest that money in the UFC. Okay, so now if you're taking somewhere in the range of 5 to 10%, and you're investing it in the fastest growing sport in the world, by the time that you retire, if you are also the one helping put this show together, you're going to put your best foot forward. It's always a great idea to have your employees invest in your company. It's going to make them work harder, right? Because mm-hmm. now they're involved too. Now then when they get to that 40 or whatever, and when they do want to retire, they now have invested at least a decent percentage of whatever they've been making over the years in a good investment. And like, Obviously, investing is always a risk, but it's a pretty safe bet with that company, you know, with the people that are running it. And if you're part of it, it's not as much as uh, a risk as it's in your hands too. To get these guys to perform, that'd be the way to do it. If Look, people have been trying to get their fingers in that pie for years. Why don't we set these guys up with some sort of long-term investment in the company in which they're performing for and then when they retire, they have a nice chunk of money they're waiting for them. Right. Or and if they're smart, they will um they will live off what they can for while they can, uh, as comfortable as they can, and then they should probably start looking into another business because this sport simply isn't enough money to retire on for the rest of your life and support your family. It's just not. Yeah. Right. You got the you got the two percent of guys that are gonna be able to do that. And then you take that money and you can use that to start a business or you can use that to fund your retirement or you can use that to, you know, put your kid through college or whatever you want. You or know? even your therapy after because like, There's, you know, a lot of these bro, guys come there, out damaged from the sport too. There is absolutely no financial advice at all in the sport at all. You know what happens? The manager gets on the phone. This is what the manager does. He calls the UFC. He says, look, I got fucking Ruben Jr. here and he, and he, and he wants to, oh, like, and do you have anything coming? And the UFC goes, yeah, we want him to fight Trent. Okay, cool. And then they go, look, here's what Ruben's going to get paid. It's going to be somewhere in the range of about 60, 70 grand, realistically. Yeah. So, like average, I'd say 70 grand, something there, 100 grand most. You know, L, you want to take 70 grand? Fucking manager says, yeah. You say, yeah. Then you get the opportunity to fight for a bonus. And then as soon as you're finished, you pay your coaches, you pay your management, and the rest goes in your bank. Yeah. So you, a fucking fighter, no, <laughs> no financial advisor by any means, you have zero told and you just drop 50 grand in your bank. Mean, that's going to last you six months. Oh, wait, after you paid your coaches and paid everything that you got to fucking, you know, keep, if you want to be a top contender in the sport, you're going to need shit like fucking 
um, you're going to need nutritionists. You know, you may even want to get a, a like a really good nutritionist that cooks your food for you. They're not cheap, bro. Yeah. It's a few, few thousand bucks already gone without living expenses, you know? Yeah. And then sure, if you want to travel somewhere to train, that's on you too. The UFC pays for your flights to the fights, but nothing else. And I don't know. Yeah. Like the least you could do is give them free financial advice. Yeah. hundred percent. Or yeah, that- some sort of program that helps them out. Like that's, that's a great idea. Um, I just want to go circle back before we move on to this. How much do you think that this co-main event on Saturday is trying to reestablish uh, Corey Sanagan? I know he came off a win against Morais, but it's kind of weird that they have him on a win against Morais and then they have him against Frankie Edgar, who's kind of on the decline. Or is this a fight where you, they try to revitalize Frankie Edgar? Because, I mean, it's it's in my opinion, it's kind of a weird fight to make. Um, yeah, but also just... the, the bantamweight division is kind of in lieu because right now it's really like P- Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling, right? And and then there's really nothing uh, else happening behind that. That's, but, that's... Well, Killashaw is coming in, but we don't know where that stands too. So Not only that, is that, sorry, bro, I'm just going to go there. That's how it looks right now, okay? And it often does that. UFC will do that to you uh, at times where it does look like, and it did it to us just a week just been. It looks like there's two guys at the top of the division and no one's fucking with those two. The division is literally in those two hands and everyone else's levels beneath them. We were literally saying this last week. But that changes quick and it only takes one performance or a loss or something because after Dustin uh, beating Connor and then Dan, uh, Michael Chandler beating Dan Hooker the way that he did. That whole division is now just close. Where we yeah. were thinking that Khabib and Connor were way at the top. No, no, no. That division is, you know, now all of those guys could compete with each other. So if we look at the Corey Sandhagen's at two, Cody Garbrandt's at three, Bantamweight, and Frank Hugh's at four. Yeah, so Peter Yarn's a champ and he's going to be fighting Aljamain Sterling pretty soon, right? Yeah, we're both and- on the Aljamain Sterling yeah here, so. i think that i think that he can get that done yeah but look don't be surprised if he loses bro because yeah, he's a beast but yeah. i do i i, I would pick aljamain in that fight and now so because of what aljamain sterling done to Corey sanderhagen we are counting Corey sanderhagen out on that fight because we just think it was so one-sided that's the general yeah uh what people would think but then when you kind of look at what um Corey Sanderhagen done to Marlon Marias, which was very much a one-sided affair. Went in there, beat him up, did what he wanted, hit him with a spinning back kick, finished with it. Like yeah. that Marlon Marias is world class, bro. You know, and Corey Sandhagen made that shit look easy. Um, do I think that Corey Sandhagen is going to do that to Frankie? Yeah, probably. But there's always the answer. That's literally his name, and he's pretty good at wrestling. And clearly, that's San Sanderhagen's downfall. Yeah. So you you don't. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know what. Look, he's had eight losses now, Frankie, and they've all been pretty recent, right? He's had that. Yeah. You know. I mean, he just it. had that. He had a, a decision win over Pedro Munoz, which could have gone either way. Right, Pedro Munoz. So- yeah. Who the so, fuck is that guy? No, there he is. Number eight. <laughs> Pedro, hey, Pedro, Pedro's a number... badass. He's now, a badass. 
yeah, but at the same time, Marlon Marais is a badass, and Corey Sandhagen yeah. kicked his head off. Yeah, um, ninja disaster, right? Um, I don't know personally. I don't think Frankie's going to be around too too much longer. He's going to be a big underdog for this fight, I would say. Well, I hope he doesn't and stick around for too long, just for his I, health. I, I really think that no, I think this is more to, bro. The UFC is always looking at the next best thing. Exactly. They're, they're never. They're never. Whenever you see an old guy versus a young guy, they don't want the old guy to win. They want that young guy to be the next biggest thing. So I think that yeah, I do think that. Corey Sandhagen's going to look really, really good against Frankie, and yeah, and that's what they're trying to push. They're trying to get a bit more of a race. You got Cody Garbrandt, but he was saying he's going down to one twenty-five to fight. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. I said I I brought that up before, and I said, um, you know, you had said no, and then I thought about it, and I said, well, you know, why don't we? So, listen, listen. I I thought I thought a fun fight would have been Corey Sandhagen and, and Cody Garbrandt because those two are kind of the guys in lieu waiting for the title shot. Right. And, um, you know, Corey Sanhagen came, Sanhagen came off a pretty good performance. Cody Garbrandt came off uh, knocking out a uh, Rafael Asuncao. I said, why don't we make that two fights? And then Killershaw came in and I thought about this and I don't know what you think about this. Even though he's lost two to him, why don't we have Killershaw come in, tune up fight against Cody Garbrandt. If Cody Garbrandt beats Killershaw, the former uh, Bantamweight title, uh, Bantamweight champion, give him the title shot next. Because I think Sanhagen's kind of in a loo yeah. here, even though he's awesome. Because yeah. I know the UFC, if, if Sanhagen beats uh, um, Frankie Edgar, the storyline is, hey, Sanhagen's legit. Two-fight win streak against Maurice and legend Frankie Edgar. Well, that's two next chance. in line. Exactly. That's two, that's, but, that's um, two in line. With the whole TJ thing, T- TJ is is world-class, all right? Steroids or not, he's the shit. Yeah. Okay, he's the yeah. man. I... Cody Garbrandt can be anybody in the world on any given day. He's just got to have his day. He 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 does get reckless, and he did go on a bit of a streak. But it's like uh, it's like emotion fighting. It's literally like it's, it's literally tiny little blips in his game. If you know what I mean, like when you saw how good he was against Dominic Cruz and Dominic Cruz, and that was yeah, that that was fucking god mode. That was game Cody plan. Garbrandt. That was game plan, though. He but stuck to he just, it. You just beat him everywhere, and he had fun. I've never yeah. seen Cody Garbrandt have fun. Only then did he have fun, and look at what he did to one of the two, possibly one of the best bantamweights to ever do it. Yeah, you know, Dominic yeah. Cruz is, is 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 still as well, even though he's ranked number eleven here. He's still right with the, those top, at least top five. He's really good, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like the um so I feel like the Garbrandt the Garbrandt Dillashaw uh series of fights were kind of just an emotional train yeah, well, wreck, you know? They like, shit talk. They shit talk. Yeah, man. they didn't like each other and then obviously there was the gym background, right? Like there was all that shit about, you know, going behind the, yeah. the snake but and I, th- I do think in that fight I do think that TJ Dillashaw just has his number. He just mm-hmm. has his number, bro. He just he knows exactly what Cody's going to do before Cody even does it. And TJ already knows what he's going to do. You know, it's like he's leading the dance in every facet of the game. He knows it's here, bro. It's, it has nothing to do with those steroids. The, those, um, that was one of those ones where EPO is like a, it's more of a cardio 
type thing. And he, according to him, I don't know if I believe it, but he said he took it because of the 125-pound weight cut. So he, according to him, I don't know if I believe any of these motherfuckers, mm. but according to him, he said he only took that for the um, Cejudo fight. No, I, I, well, I read it. I read that uh, he tested for that in the last fight with Cody as well. That's why Cody was okay. pissed about hearing about it. So, which is why I think I can make that fight because you could yeah. say like, hey, like, there's a taint on the second fight, even though I do agree that I feel like TJ has his number. I think there's, uh, yeah, but still in a sense, fights. yeah, but fights. I, I just feel like there's an, yeah, hundred percent. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not yeah. screwing with you. I think just the storyline of it, if they're trying to make something big, I think that's what you can do. Cause I feel like they're from a story perspective, there's unfinished business there and the UFC is all about oh, yeah. money and making fights. Right. And I feel yeah. like there's definitely just, something there. You know what I just noticed too, bro, is that sh- sugar Sean's not even in the rankings. Sean O'Malley and bro. Neither is, um, Whoa. Yeah. Neither is, uh, the cheap Chico. Yeah. Where the fuck is because Cheeto Cheeto just fought Jose Aldo. Cheeto Vera. Oh, wasn't Cheeto Vera uh popped hot though? What was it or am I thinking about someone else? Bro, let's not start rumors. Um I thought Cheeto Mate, Vera... we I thought he um You're not in there, bro. Mate. You're not in there. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. Where is where is he? And where's O'Malley? I don't know. I'm not surprised that O'Malley's not in there. But I would have thought O'Malley was in the top 15. Yeah, I thought he was too. How's that Cody Stemman already ranked too? He literally just came off... Um, well, I was saying I was going to say the same thing about Song Yang Dong. Really? He just came off that one win in the fight night and he's in the rankings. Yeah, well, the, yeah Cody Stemman was on... I swear to God, he was on Contender Series like not even that long ago. Well, listen, there's always something weird about the UFC Cheeto Finger Rankings, right? That's what they say. That's what uh, Brendan Schaub calls it, the Cheeto Finger Rankings. <laughs> the, the what? The Cheeto the, Finger. The Cheeto Finger Rankings, because it's just like you place them wherever you want to, and you got all cheese on your hands, a little dirty. Oh, you know, it's they, getting better now. It's getting better uh, now. Well, I mean, look at this like, bantamweight division. It, it's Look, listen, it, it is what I don't it know. is. Uh, the UFC is responsible for their own rankings. Or they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, but... In the perspective, Sorry. let's. I just want to keep it, kick it off. At the let's keep it there. The bantamweight division yeah. this Saturday. We've talked a lot about it already, and um, I want to get to. Well, I do want to get your opinion. We are going to talk more about it next week. But what's your initial thoughts on uh, Usman Burns finally happening? It's been rescheduled so, three freaking times. <laughs> okay, true story. Yesterday, yesterday, I spent all day watching. Gilbert Burns fights and watching Kamari Usman fights. And I think Kamari Usman is going to take that. Okay. Burns is good and he's way better at 170 than he was at 155. But uh, Usman has a, a devastation factor about him. He's got really long reach too. He's got 78 inch reach. He's not the best striker. In fact, he's probably not even as good a striker as Gilbert Burns, to be completely honest. Gilbert Burns can crack and he moves well. Yeah. And when he starts walking people down, like what he did when he did with Woodley, now here's a hard thing to judge, okay? Because it's one thing to fight when you're the one pressing the 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 um the pressure. You put you're the one putting on the pressure and you're going forward. Um 
when you're that guy, you can get your game going. And with a guy like Tyron Woodley, he fucking backs up no matter what. Yeah. He backs up no matter what. And you're going, what are you, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? You are shit at fighting backwards. You have a very stupid plan of you back up. And then when he gets pressure, 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 then he explodes forward on his, he, ex- he, lun- he explodes forward. He's very predictable. Yeah. And it's just what doesn't work, bro. Cause you're backing up and you're letting the other guy get his game going. Yeah. And Gilbert Burns, Gilbert Burns is not a 10 out of 10 striker by any means, but he looked fucking good against Woodley. He dropped yeah. him and he kicked the shit out of him. You know, he keeps switching, hitting the body, boom, light him up with the hands. Like he, he beat the brakes out of Woodley. Yeah, and it's by far his best because, performance ever. Simply because Woodley's backing up. Yeah. It's simply because of that. I don't think that Usman is going to back up. He don't do that. No. If he, he, he's a fucking put it good. Out of every single guy in that division, he's going to put more pressure on you than anyone, including Colby Covington, who's the next best thing at that. He, he, he'll pressure him and he'll be having him backing up. And then it's like that physics weight shit that Justin Cagey talks about, the car crashes. Usman is far more better at creating a big car crash. So he's going to come mm. forward and he's going to be throwing those 78-inch arms. Not that he throws them with the best technique, but he swings, bro. He swings and he can smash you with them. And then when he's got that, that pressure and he pushes people up at the cage, he's incredible at controlling what they do. He's more of like that wrestle controlling not so much takedowns he doesn't have the greatest takedowns but he will work you until you're fucked and beat you and then break you down take you to the mat and i know that gilbert burns is a is a world champion jujitsu guy now yeah that's what i was gonna say because i feel like uh, that's the talk that's been the talk all count you know like everyone's talking about he's got the wrestling he's got the ability to be able to counter some of the things that usman does but He's going to put up a good fight. Well, the other side of me thinks like even Burns is a big dude, but Usman is a different physical level than a lot of these guys. And he, Usman, not only is he the biggest, strongest welterweight ever, ever, okay? Not only is he that, but he has a gas tank bigger than anybody. Yeah. And he he maintains that physicality all the way through the fight. He has a huge cage presence. You know, I talk about that. He he fucking he puts people he puts you know he puts people right where they need to be and he keeps them there and he beats so, them up. That's why they call him the Nigerian nightmare, dude. Oh, he Just, is he, oh, he, he is a nightmare. That. He is well, a little bit cringy, but like <laughs> let's get the, it to him. He's I, a champ I, I, for a reason. I love I love Kamaru Usman. I'm a big fan. Um, so One personally thing, for me, I, I think I hope he wins. I hope he wins. Yeah. On, uh, uh, well, with with the whole with the whole submission thing, I think the submission threat will be there a little bit early. But as soon as they get sweaty, it's almost going to be out the window. And as soon as Usman starts making him tired, um, which he will, Usman will start, he, he, he'll pick up his pace and he'll pick up his pressure and he'll put things together, together better later in the fight. You know what I mean? Where That's where guys start slipping away and falling apart. Yeah. And uh, I really think that... Um, like not to say this is this is not a one-sided fight by any means. There is a very likely chance that um, that Gilbert Burns could do something great. You know, it's still yeah. they're still punching each other in the head, and they're still rolling around on the floor. And if they are going to be rolling around on the floor, I think uh, I think Gilbert Burns favors himself down there. 
you know? And shit, who knows? He might even take Usman down. Who knows? Yeah. You know? If he can get his game going, then he's got a great chance of winning this thing. If Usman can get his game going, then he's probably going to win. I'm, I'm picking Usman to win. Um, one thing about Usman, though, I do know that he's got a lot of problems with his body. He, he, he carries a lot of injuries. He's always got niggles. But he seem like he seems to be able to put it together on the day when it really counts. Mm-hmm. But he's very limited. Apparently, his knees are completely fucked. You know, his hips are no good. Sometimes he struggles to tie his shoes up and get out of bed. Literally, can't even walk on concrete. Yeah. He talked about it on the Joe Rogan experience. Now, I don't know if that was the smartest thing to do. Because as soon as he as soon as he fights someone that's going to start throwing those oblique kicks, you best believe that's what they're going to be doing. Or just kicking yeah. the shit out of his legs, the low calf kicks, the oblique kicks, and just beat his legs up. You know, it's going to be an interesting fight. I feel like a lot of people are fifty fifty on it, which is quite surprising. I and, am. Uh, I am sixty. I'm fifty five. Forty five. Now, somewhere around there, in between sixty forty. If I had to bet, I'm putting my money on. Yeah. Well, well, this is definitely one where if I'm Usman, I'm a little concerned because because Burns does have some of those things get, that can nullify. Uh, oh, Usman's greatest yeah. strengths, right? But, right. but and I think I think what you said about cage presence is so important, right? Like you, you, when you go in there and you know that you're not going to be the guy that is pressuring him, right? That you're not going to be because a lot of times, like we've we talked about this before, right? The presence of Khabib, you go in there and you know, holy shit, like this guy is going to pressure it's the coming. shit out of me. Yeah, Usman. Uh, I mean, Burns is going to go into this fight thinking, oh, I can't do what I did to Woodley because Usman's not going to back down. Yeah, well, here's what it is. I think that 90% of the guy, I mean, if you've got half a brain, in my opinion, you need to be the guy that takes the center and you need to be the guy that gets your game going and you need to be the guy that's going forward because fighting backwards, um, just this is just my personal opinion, okay? I don't like it. It doesn't look good. I feel like the guy in the center is winning. If it's a tit-for-tat fight, whoever's controlling it and dictating where the fight's going, even just where you're walking throughout the cage and shit like that, that guy's that guy's taking the he's 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 the guy winning. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Okay, that's yeah. what I believe. And I know it's way fucking harder to fight going backwards. And when you or one of those guys like because both of these guys need to be putting on the pressure to get their game going. Now, what you need to do, because I think most people go in there with the intention of taking the center and going, getting after it. But what happens is if they go forward, there's that almost like a brawl factor. There's a, there's an explosive striking exchange that happened with um, Woodley and Gilbert Burns early. That's when Gilbert dropped him. And then, then Woodley got on his bike and backed up like he always does. But he really tried to, he tried to take the center and negate where the fight went. Um, there's no way in hell that, Gilbert Burns is going to be able to do that to um, Nigerian Nightmare, Kamaru. Yeah. Kamaru will fight for that spot in the center and he will throw the fuck down as he does and he will take it and he will, t- he will dictate where that fight goes mm-hmm. and he fights for that spot. Like when I was, I had students ask me in that, like, well, because I always say, like, come out early, take the center and then start working from there, you know, find your range, keep distance. And then they say, well, because that's that's what I was doing, right? You know, even when I was sparring, I show everyone and and spar good guys and do it to them. And then the, the people would ask me, what what um what do you do if the person doesn't play your game and they don't back up? 
and they don't and i just say fucking fight for it bro stick in the pocket <laughs> you fucking go <laughs> you go pocket, for broke yeah. you you gotta be you gotta yeah. be a fucking hammer you're gonna be a nail which one do you want to be yeah, you gotta you, you gotta this is you gotta have some fucking balls and you gotta have some ability and explosiveness and you gotta be able to this is taking risks man you're taking huge risks yeah you know and when whenever anyone is throwing punches at anyone anything can happen okay yeah it's just the way it is and you got to be okay with that and like i was talking to kane last night and he said it's just a fight like it's just a fight most people are running off their reactions and you know what i mean and you're gonna do things that your brain tells you to do without even thinking about it it's just reactions you know what i mean and fuck sometimes the guy with the better reactions just wins yeah that little or sometimes the guy that zigs when he should have zagged you know what i mean gets caught but he's the better guy like yeah. that's what happened with dan Ugi. he fucking zigged when he should have zagged you yeah. know it's this little it's just anything can happen so it is what it is just, it's, it's still you a gotta it's a I fight think that's you, why you can't i think fight. that you gotta yeah you gotta go in and you gotta fucking fight for that center yeah and you gotta you gotta be willing to throw the fuck down or you gotta have really good footwork and like navigate yourself there, you know, and push, go to the outside, step outside, boom, go on again. Yep. And like poke the bear until you can take the center and then um, you get your game going. But that's why in kickboxing, bro, they, they judge fights by who is walking forward and who's walking backwards. Like Muay Thai. If the, if the yeah. guy's walking backwards and Muay Thai is losing. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, I, was, you know? I, I wanted to say like uh, one of my favorite fights when it was ta- you know, talking about fighting in the pocket and trying to take the center. Uh, the Piotr Jan and Jose Aldo fight was so fun to watch just simply because they yeah. stuck in the pocket and were fighting for that positioning the entire now, fight. So yeah. I just got to say that. Who's Sorry, to, who's the undercard for? Is that Are they the undercard for Usman? They're not, eh? No. Who's Usman, the undercard they're, for Usman? They're a, lone, they're a lone title fight for that. Um, it was, it's not an exciting card, if I'm being honest with you, man. What's uh, the card, man? Yeah, I can look, bro. Uh, Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso. That's the co-main? Yeah. Is this a fight night? <laughs> nah. I know it's not. Well, they've got, well, Pedro Munoz is on there fighting Jimmy Rivera. So you've got a ranked bantamweight fight. You've got uh, Kelvin Gastelum on there against uh, Ian Heinich. Um, so they've only got, they've only got uh, five fights here listed, but I assume they're going to fill out that card. Yeah, they've got to be put. When is that? Uh, is that? Next Saturday, the 13th. This Saturday is when we get to see the awesome hey. Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov. Next great. Saturday um, is the uh, <laughs> <we're> great. <laughs> um, back to that. They were going to put Oliveira and that's exactly what I was going to say to you. So Oliveira and you mind if I set this up? You mind if I set this up? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the setting up for you, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it because I feel like this is. Uh, we talked about this last show with Kane, right? Yeah. And we talked about okay, what the hell is the lightweight division going to look like? Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira were approached to fight on UFC 258 about, uh, was it a week ago? And we saw the rumors yesterday or just a couple of days ago. Um, and then immediately after that, we got an update saying Charles Oliveira declined to fight Michael Chandler. Uh-huh. So I thought, I thought, you know, the first things that I was hearing was it was Justin Gaethje. Um, and then no, it ended up being Charles Oliveira. Um, where, what like what's your opinion on this? Because, dude, the uh, fact I I, I feel like uh, Oliveira deserves a shot against Poirier, but mm-hmm. I also see why it makes. So I want to say I think it made sense for the UFC to do Chandler Oliveira only because Oliveira Oliveira just fought Tony Ferguson, who 
who also got beat by Justin Gaethje, who got an immediate title shot only because uh, the Khabib fight or Justin Gaethje was the replacement. Am I not? I'm pretty. I'm correct there, right? Justin Gaethje was a replacement initially to fight um, Khabib because it was supposed to be Tony and Khabib. Yeah. Tony pulled out. That's why Tony ended up getting Justin Gaethje, right? Down the line. Yeah. So that's how that all played out. On the other end for Michael Chandler, dude, he just beat Dan Hooker. Well, that was his first fight. So if we're talking from a sport perspective, Charles yeah. Charles Oliveira deserves to get a title shot. But Justin Gaethje's still in the wings. And I feel right. like, you know, I, yeah. there's there's a whole story here that's messed up, but I feel like I it makes a lot of sense for both of them to have that fight. Here's what I think. I think that there are some people out there that are pure, purists that say, uh, if you look at it from a purist perspective, um, Charles Oliveira is next for the title because he beat uh, uh, Tony Ferguson and then Kevin Lee. And then the rest don't fucking matter, bro. Yeah. Because we don't know who they were. All right. You know what? I, and like, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Kevin Lee doesn't even park his fucking car near Khabib's car. Listen, it's just levels yeah. to this shit. Stop. It, stop. Okay, stop. All right, great job. Next, Tony Ferguson. Okay, look at what Justin Gagey done to Tony Ferguson. He fucking destroyed him. Also, <laughs> that's an understatement, dude. <laughs> yeah, also, like, it's a diminished, aged Tony Ferguson. I'm just being honest. It's fucking been saying it for years. Even in his prime, he wasn't top tier motherfucker. All right, just now. People are only starting to see it. And now they're saying, oh, it's because he's getting old. Or it's because he got fucked up by Justin Gagey for four rounds and literally must have got half his brain cells knocked out of him and stayed in there somehow. And then has no confidence. He's also broken his fucking leg by tripping on a wire. Let's not forget that. Yeah. He can't he move came back after th- He came back after three months, dude. After tearing then, ACL, MCL, PCL. And then, <laughs> so Oliver beat that guy. He beat that guy, but he didn't hurt him. He did get him in an armbar. Let's give it to that. He almost submitted him, but he didn't just—he didn't run through. Him. He did—he did beat him. He did, all right. But to put Oliveira in front of Justin Gagey. Now look at what Justin Gagey's done. So what he got smoked by Khabib. I tell you right now, Oliveira, you're gonna get smoked by Khabib too. Believe that, hundred percent. Not a chance in the world. He probably would never fight you, okay? Because you haven't beat in enough. Now, Justin Gagey, on the other hand, he beat the Tony that was the Tony, if yeah. anything. And then who, what did he do before that? Look at the level of the guys that he was doing before that. I think he um, he went on a little skid with Eddie and Dustin Poirier. Justin, and, he's, yeah. and he's just won ever since. He's just, And every single one of those guys that he's been beaten are all been better than who Oliver has been fighting. They're all better than Kevin Lee, you know? Trust yeah, well, me, bro. Well, Kevin, well, Kevin Lee lost to Tony Ferguson, so like, and I like, mean, you know, like Justin Gagey had a thing with him too. Actually, he had like an eye surgery, and then as soon as he had that eye surgery, he knocked out. Like, can you bring a? Have you got his record there? Yeah, uh, he, Justin Gagey's. Yeah. Listen, run okay, me so through the list from just sure. before Khabib. Just before Khabib, so uh, he's on a four-fight. He was on a four-fight winning streak against. Listen, Tony Ferguson, yeah. Donald Cerrone, Edson Barboza, James Vick. Lost to Dustin Poirier, lost to Eddie Alvarez. But yeah, before Alvarez. that, 
beat Michael Johnson, Luis Firmino. Like, he's beat some pretty solid right. names, but these are, like, you know, the UFC, his first fight in not the UFC was Michael Johnson. Not only that, is with his losses, too, they were very competitive. Yeah, oh, very. He, they were, they were, he fucking come close to winning those. You know, like, the one with Eddie Alvarez, he, he, bro, there was millimeters in that fight. Yeah. And it was a war. And same with the Dustin Poirier one. He looked good. He had Dustin hurt more than, a lot more than what Connor did, you know? Um, he he can he can fucking beat anyone, Justin Gagey. Justin Gagey's a destroyer. And we know that and we've seen that. But we haven't seen that with Oliveira. So to go and take Oliveira, you're a purist. Let's be real. Only his last two fights count. You're only as good as your last fight. And then you look at these other guys that we got. Mate, Dan Hooker is, is about that level of you know what, well, I'm going to call this, I, as bad as he looked in his last fight, I do think that he would beat Oliveira. And I do think that he would beat Tony Ferguson as well. And I might be giving him a little bit too much, but Michael Chandler still knocked him out in two minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Michael Chandler is, and I, and I didn't like his post-fight speech. I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> and I wasn't too sure how well he was going to do. And he fucking showed out, bro. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, no, he he is for Oliveira to turn that fight down is is bitch move. Is bitch move, and he's asking for too much, and he wants to fight for the title, but he should have fought. If you think you're the best in the world, fight fight the guy from Bellator. You know, take it, take it, go look. Well, fight the it. former you champ in another promo, in another promotion. Yeah, well, it's still yeah, a great fight. Right, it goes without saying, and he's turned guys that turn shit down. Just fucking look how you get treated later. You're not going to get the next. If you keep turning shit yeah, yeah. down, Dana's just going to frown at you, and he's just going to be like, "Fuck that." Honey. Yeah, I'm, I'm just also you got no, too. you got no followers anyway, and like, <laughs> well, it just it's just a shit show that um he did turn that down, and the fact that Michael Chandler was willing to just go and fight anything, respect. fucking respect hard. Yeah, and, and he and and he 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 was like, "Yep, I'll fight him." And he knew it was going to be someone ranked and above he, him. And, and he was fighting him in less than a month time, because he got you know that what? after. You know who I'm picking in that fight? Not Oliveira. Yeah, I really would pick yeah. Michael Chandler in that fight. Yeah, I, do, I would. Um, I think that's a great fight for Michael Chandler. I think he beats him. Yeah, I think he has heavier hands, and he's 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 one of those guys that when he when he pushes, he pushes. And he takes well, that Cena, dude. And he don't he don't give it to no one, you know. Well, what did he we say after it? What did we say? We needed to see him, and we saw him. And even though well, it's against Dan to, Hooker, yeah, yeah, we needed to see him against a top level guy. Now Dan level Dan Hooker is absolutely a top level guy, absolutely. Yeah. And you can't yeah. he like with that fight, like he just didn't get his game going, you know. And Michael Chandler got his game going, and then he caught him. It's not like he beat him down. It's not like he won any rounds. It's not like he dominated him. He just got his game going. He's a faster starter. Yeah. Takes Dan a little bit to get reads. Maybe Dan didn't respect him as well as he should have. Should have. All that happened is Dan zigged when he should have zagged. zagged. Yeah. And he fucking he thought that he he said it on the submission radio interview. He thought that um, Michael Chandler was going to shoot. That's why he brought his hands down. He thought he was going to uh, take it. Down. Was it's textbook. And he was, Textbook. And he just, yeah, and that's yeah. a huge threat. And uh, with with that matchup with Oliveira and Chandler, I reckon. Um, I don't think Chandler's too worried about his jujitsu, bro. 
No. Fuck no. As soon as they're sweaty, you best believe he's going to have that takedown threat right there. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he'll be he'll be okay with it. He's a damn good grappler, bro. Well, you know, I was I was very Gilbert Burns. I was very I was very um I was very impressed also with like just the level changes, right? I mean, and, and the body shot, bro. I mean, that, that's what set it up. Yeah, it's awesome. He's awesome. Springing. I like he's him. I like him. Explosive. I, 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 like I said, him. look, I, yeah. hey, wait, you got so mad. I got a bone to pick with you. You're like, nice. <laughs> nah, I was. I know, I, I know, I know. I listen, love you, bro. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. That, what he what he done was very basic. It was very yeah, basic. Textbook, it was fundamental yeah. shit. It was like it wasn't. There was no mastermind game plan behind that game at all. It was not. It was very straightforward. Go low, go, and to, go high. Yeah. yeah, go to the body and pressure him, and you know. And he knew yeah. he knows that Dan was a little bit weak to the body, so he went after it. And as soon as he hit it, Dan was looking down there, and then just his ability to to cover, yeah, to cover distance and move. He's mobile, bro. Yeah, he's explosive, and and he has obviously has power in his hands. Everyone has power in their hands, but yeah, he can do damage. Man, and I'm, a, can, I'm a big fan. I love Michael yeah, Chandler. I don't. I can't imagine that he beats Khabib because no, no, I just can't see that happening. But I do think that he could possibly he could go well against everyone else. Not named Conor McGregor. Can I can I shoot something at you? I feel like yeah. um, the only reason why, because I thought, you know, we talked about this before, it was going to be Poirier and Oliveira for a title shot and Gaethje Chandler for the next in line. I feel like the only reason why the offered uh, Chandler and um, Oliveira is because either I think Justin gets in there with Poirier for the title shot or... Because Justin's the outlier right now in those five names, right? Connor just got beat, mm. but Connor's still going to be there because he's the golden boy, regardless of what we say. Well, I think it's that. I think it's that. I think it's that. I think he does want to be. Or they say um, Connor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, summertime uh, trilogy. I think it's one of those two things because I feel like that's their argument for giving Chandler and Oliveira that 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 fight and offering that fight because they could say, "Hey, what well, everything you just explained." From sport and purist perspective, you guys have only been there for a little bit. You've only been able to perform at a high level at such a mm-hmm. small. It's 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 a sample size still. We need a little bit more. <clears throat> Justin Gaethje deserves a title shot because he just came off fighting um, Khabib and Khabib's yeah, left. But he lost. He needs to he lost. fight. He needs exactly. to fight one fight and then he gets a shot. Exactly. Dustin Dustin should just be patient. But Connor lost too. Right so it's either Dustin's fighting um, the winner of. Oliver and Chandler, which would have been perfect, and then Justin fights Connor, or yeah. and Dustin waits it out because there's so many things in play. But I feel like the UFC went that route simply to open up the trilogy possibility happening later this year, and yeah. or Gaethje fighting Poirier because um, I just it, now looking at it from the argument that you've given, it's hard for me to give a title shot to either Chandler or Oliveira. They don't deserve it. They haven't done enough nah. yet for me. Yeah, no, yeah, it's really hard to say. And all we can do is speculate. And honestly, bro, there's every single person out there is talking about who's going to fight who and who's going to fight who. And they tried. They fucking tried to put Oliveira to fight Michael Chandler, which, let's be real, that's the perfect fight for him. Yeah. Stop turning down fights. Make shit happen so we can fucking watch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but like the, the whole like, oh, like turning, like speculating is just so hard to do in this fight in- game. Anything can fucking happen overnight yeah so it's, it's awesome because the lightweight division is so good oh, and stacked it's all, that and it's just always speculating about it and man. no one's talking about conor mcgregor anymore but look if there's one man that can come back and do special things it's him 
All right. And, and, and like in my, there's a reason why he's my favorite fighter, bro. And it's exactly that. And it's his growth in between fights is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah, he's been out for a long time, but um, he's still, I'll say it again, Khabib included. He's still the most accomplished fighter in the division. Accomplished because he had two belts. No, it's no one done it. He was the first one to ever do that. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, fuck y'all. And he also fought Floyd Mayweather and he done well. Yeah. So, and, don't yeah. doubt that, cunt. And he can, he also knocked Dustin Poirier out in 90 seconds. Hey, that's yeah. still in history books. It's still somewhere on paper. It still happened. It's just you tied. Know? All it is, it's tied. But Connor and had a cleaner he, knockout. So, I, I don't. I don't think that um, I don't think that the whole the whole oh the whole billion dollar fucking man claiming you know people saying he's rich he's got no motivation anymore I don't think that's real bro I think this is in his blood you know maybe he does have little mental blockages and he maybe he does he's not ready for wars like the other guy maybe he's not willing to die in there like Dustin Poirier and shit like that but I tell you what he's fucking skilled. You know, and he's he's really good at making changes that caused the loss to create a victory. He's never lost a rematch. Yep. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's look look what happened when he lost to Nate Diaz. He came back and beat Nate Diaz. And, and what did was, he do after that? He went and beat Eddie Alvarez and won the two weight world champion. So let's let, now, let you know in history he's he's done it. So I want to trust and give him we, the benefit yeah, of the doubt. How now talking about history. Guys, here's a little quote that, are, that that doesn't go like this, but how do we find what's going to happen in the future as we look in the past? Okay, how do we look at what's going to happen in the future? Well, by looking in the past. Now, these guys are getting older. Shit's changing, but the game still remains the same. Um, now, for years, I mean years, like a couple of years, there was speculation. It was Maybe it wasn't years, actually, but there was speculation about Floyd Mayweather fighting Conor McGregor. And they kept, you kept hearing it in bits and bobs. And there was a whole boxing community that said that'll never happen. There's not a universe in this, you know, that will never happen. They would, that Floyd's not going to do that. That's never going to happen. And it fucking happened. And it all <laughs> started. It all started by rumors. You know, and when these guys start hearing rumors, their competitors goes in here, and it eventually comes to fruition. Now, we all know what Khabib wants. This is what we're going to go into. We're hearing these rumors about him wanting to fight GSP. Now, GSP's still training. I heard Kenny Florian tweeted about it. Yeah. Go in, go in, Ruben. Put your GSP accent on. Let's hear it. <laughs> you know that, you know, that I want uh, after the fight, you know, that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, it was just, dude, I remember he went, he went on Believe You Me, right? Right. And yeah. he said, he said, so, so, uh, uh, GSP, tell me, are you gonna fight? Are you gonna be fighting again? Right? That was that was that was Bisping. He goes, I don't know if I'm going to fight again, but you, they they offered me Khabib, and then I said, you know, let's wait for it. And like, yeah, the old accent. Oh, dude, I did a better one earlier, yeah, but yeah. I mean, earlier, earlier, hey, I had, hey, I had a fire. Anyone one, but... listening? <laughs> earlier, earlier, he was talking as GSP, and it was fucking gold. Right? <laughs> dude, but... I gotta, I gotta listen to GSP and then get it right. But I have a pretty yeah. good GSP yeah, accent. It's damn good. Listen, he said he went on there. He he went on yes. that podcast. He talked to Errol Helwani back then after Khabib beat Keiichi, and he said I was waiting for the UFC to offer me that fight. Right? And they never did, eh? And they never did. But that's also because 
Khabib retired, and he wasn't expecting that to happen. So, look, I don't want to say what ifs because Khabib's father passed away and he decided to retire based on that. But if it had I gone know. the other way, if it wasn't for COVID, yeah. I feel like we would have seen 30 no, or, well, at least the 30th fight against GSP. Because GSP was preparing for that, and he was the year before Khabib was fighting Gaethje. What was he doing? Cutting weight and seeing if he can make 155. He did it. He actually did it. He, he did, did it. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He did say a wee while back, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to fight. fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, he really did it. And you know what that is, bro? And that's that what we were talking about before. That's that age, it's that age thing. Yeah. Again, he knows that he's not as good. He's not, he's, he's long past his prime. He's long past his prime. He's never fought at 155, and his last fight was at 185. <laughs> yeah. But hold on, okay? Because as a competitor, even when someone starts a rumor, bro, I remember this in school. If someone told me, hey, this, this kid would beat you in a fight, I say, well, fuck, find out, motherfucker. All right then. <laughs> like, and then I'll be thinking about that, and I'll be doing something in the gym, and I'll be thinking about that, and I'm getting stronger. I'm shadowboxing, I'm moving, and I'm thinking about it. And because young and dumb and competitive, make it happen. We used to lock yeah. each other in the cages up at the fields, right? And uh, there was these cricket cages. Oh, and dude. We would, just, we would go in there and we'd just call each other out and just throw down, bro. Honestly. Oh, honestly, it was great. It was great. And, great times, and yeah. like, when you hit, when you if you're, if you, you have to be like that to be in the sport, you have to be one of them. Yeah. And, as GSP is, he's still training. He's still looking good. I bet you he's sharp. And I bet you every single time he does a rep or any time he rolls or any time he spars, he's going to have Khabib Nurmagomedov in his head and people talking about how he can beat him. Or, so, or you can beat him. Or he can beat you. Doesn't matter. Whatever's being said will sink in. And that's probably a lot of the reason why he still trains today. Guarantee it. You, and he is very honest. GSP yeah. is very honest, and he does say, "I don't know, you know, but fuck, bro." I don't you know, know what? if UFC even well, offered me the fight. With, you know? <laughs> with, with, with the UFC, oh man, with the UFC, they do it in every single every single fight. They don't want you to announce anything. They need to be the one to announce it because they're the promoters, and they will find your fucking ass off if you do it, or that, or, or they will they'll penalize you in some way. You know what I mean? They'll take it away from you. They will shaft your ass. No, you don't fucking do that. It's a golden rule. You don't announce your fight. We announce your fight. So you keep your mouth shut, all right? They keep it in the works. There's this in the works thing that they say, but how many times have we seen things in the works and they never happen? Or how many times do we see things in the works and they happen? It's often, you know? And honestly, I think that it's been a seed in GSP's head for a while. We know for a fact Khabib will want to fight that fight. Even yeah. if his dad did pass away, it doesn't matter. His dad wanted him to fight GSP. Yeah. He, gonna, he, he wants that fight. That's why I think take, it's possible because his, it was a thing that he came out and said publicly. Well, it's on his, it's on his, it's, it's what he wants. Yeah. It's what he wants. If Dana wants Khabib to fight again, Khabib made it very clear with what he wants. It's literally sitting in GSP's corner. And maybe a little bit of <laughs> maybe a little bit of politics, <laughs> and but I do think that it's 
it's very likely in G- G- in GSP's corner too. And I I do think that there's an eighty percent chance that that fight happens. Eighty mm, percent. That's a pretty big percentage, percent. dude. That's a pretty. You know why? Because I'm fucking sure. I'm confident, bro. Mm. Kenny Florian doesn't make shit up. That is true. Only He's one of the best in the game. Statement. Only takes one statement out of from a from a manager. Hey, what do you think about calling UFC? Maybe I fake. I'll be. I'll be <laughs> I don't know. No, maybe. Maybe GSP's just fucking thought. You know what? I'm feeling good. Like I should. Can I, and can maybe I be- he's like. Maybe he's like confident. I sure hope he doesn't bring Freddie Roach into his corner for that fight, though. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> what's the Freddie Roach is a, is a legend. Let's not hundred percent. Well, I'm not talking bad. I'm just talking about game plan because we know that like it, this is yeah, not going to be a boxing match. Look, can we, one thing about GSP too, he's very smart. He's very intelligent. Yeah. He has answers for a lot of things. He's one never them, been dom- yeah. He's never been clean dominated, nor has he ever fought anyone like Khabib. But he's got possibly out of the world one of the most intelligent like like they're one of the best camps Far- in the world for us is a fucking mm. genius bro and he like with his knowledge and with gsp's ability to receive knowledge and also be knowledgeable himself and then put it into practice uh javier mendes said for habib that would be his biggest challenge yet his biggest challenge yet and it was like a couple of months ago, it was easy for me to say I think that Khabib would run over him. And you know what? I still do think that. I do. But I also think that Faraz Zahabi, and if he's confident and he's smart, and so is George, and they really actually want to do this damn thing, uh, yeah, I, think that they'll, I think that they'll put their chips in and take a risk and actually try and go for it has, has anyone ever really talked about how special gsp and Faraz Sahabi have been as a one-two i mean they, oh, they, that's yeah, a special yeah, movie on it bro man yeah. I, look listen for, uh, gsp is one of the guys who he was way ahead of his time in a sense because he had every tool in the box right mm-hmm. he had every tool in the box he had every color pencil crayon he had everything that he out of his arsenal you know, when you go to the, when you go, you know, when you first day of school, you go into the kids' backpacks and you see which kids have the most shit, the newest stuff they picked out of school. That was GSP. Every year he came back with something brand new in his backpack with the stuff that he's already had before, which is a whole ton of crap. GSP was way ahead of his time. And the other part of it, like, I feel like if this was a prime GSP, this is a conversation that this is a real conversation of like, yo, this is a fight. But at well, how old is GSP well, yeah. now? He's at forty plus now, thirty eight. So. He's yeah. in his late thirties. Actually, I'm, I'll look it up. G or I'm just gonna put GSP. GSP. Yeah, I mean George Saint Pierre. All right, he is man. Thirty nine. So he's just done, and he's one of those special ones that he is an age that bad. And yeah. look, if he got it in this year, he's still going to be under forty. Well, he's going to be the one guy that you can't... He's the one guy, right. I think, out of everyone that could be in his face that he wouldn't be able to dominate. It's hard to say, man. It's really hard to say with that inactivity, and it's hard to even say what would happen because he's never fought anyone like that. I, in my personal opinion, I think everybody thought that they had a... Had, you know, a lot of smart coaches thought that they had a good chance against him. Mm, that's true. And, and you're looking at the greatest coaches to ever live with... Um, yeah, Justin but, Gage's coach. What's his name again? Uh, it's Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman. Another yeah. one. 
Yeah, but Trevor Whitman is a genius of a human well, being. And they went in yeah, there with yeah. a great name. It's just that Khabib's just too good. And he's yeah, too but good I, I don't know. I, there's also the counterpoint that I want to make is I don't know any of these guys that he's faced have had the same resume in terms of open mat wrestling and being on the ground as GSP. I don't yeah. think anyone's had that resume. Justin, Justin Gagey has better wrestling credentials than GSP. Mind you, he doesn't yeah. take people down. Yeah, but he doesn't but, use it. Yeah. Nah, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a fuck nose and like yeah, yeah, I would probably but it's really hard to say, but I would probably say Khabib would beat him. Just that's just what I think. But I mm-hmm. also think that I do think that it is in the back of George's head when he's training, when he's doing his thing, and I bet you he's been you know, he's been trying to do it. He's been trying to get down there. He's been trying yeah. to he's he's he is at a smaller frame now. One other question is would Dana White do it at one seven at one sixty five? Now catch weight? He's he never no, wants to do catch weight. He, it's not catch weight. There was there was talks of there being a one sixty five division. Yeah, but he said no to that one a million or, times. One or two. You know what else he said no to? He said no to Conor McGregor fighting fighting Floyd Mayweather. He said no. You know what else he said no to? He said no to a woman's division. Now we got fucking how many? Four. <laughs> Is there still yeah. featherweight? You say you got straw weight. Uh, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and featherweight. And he said there was never going to be women fighting the UFC. And now there's four divisions. So let's not believe that motherfucker for a second. <laughs> okay? Ever. No, never take his word for what it is. And like, mate, he's one, he's a, like a, like a, he knows how to manipulate people. Bro. You know, he's that you uncle know? at the cookout that says like, oh, you know, like, well, yeah, sometimes yeah, he yeah. says things. <laughs> sometimes he says things with full intention of doing them. You know what I mean? He'll say, "Nah, that's never going to happen," and he already knows he's going to do it. Mm. He's just full of shit, bro. He just thought, like he just always has been. But well, that's why I'm, I just wouldn't I'm, believe him. Yeah. You got to remember too, he don't own that shit. He doesn't own. He doesn't own it. It's owned by other people. Yeah. If they want to change the business model, they do, not him. He's the face. Don't forget, he sold that shit. Yeah, he might be the, the he might, WME group or whatever. He might he might be the fucking he might be making a lot of this, the decisions. But I want to take a second because when this one sixty five division was brought up, the one fifty five division was not as stacked as what it was. It just wasn't. Now one to fifteen and and onwards, all of those one fifty five is a fucking dope. They're all dope. Yeah. They're all really really good. And 170 division is close too. And then with it being 165, now you have three divisions. Okay, when you have more divisions, you have more belts. When you have that, you have more fights, you have yep. more stars, you get more money. Okay, if Dana White had a fucking he's a smart guy, right? Look, 155, 170, 15 pound gap. Okay, two divisions. Two champions, less room for big stars. Okay. Yep. You only have really in the lightweight division, which is you only really have three really good stars. Okay. You only have three. Welterweight division, you have Jorge Masvidal and somewhat the champion Usman. Everyone else, maybe Colby, maybe. But look, if you bring in a, a 165, you end up with that three again and they're all different. You know what I mean? So, say so you get now you have nine stars. Now you have more slots for. Well, you could make Conor McGregor versus Colby Covington. Fight. Bro, how <laughs> good? How good 
would everything become with a 165 division? And I'm on I'm on board. I've been saying this for a long time, dude. Then you, yeah, then you have 125, 135, 145, 155, 165, 165 175, 175, 185. Yeah. Shit. Maybe dude, you honestly, can't put a 195 in there yet because it's not stacked enough. But well, it's what it's what boxing does. The problem is there's so many day, different promotions, yeah, right? Like just like there's a million belts. Like why do they one, have 20 belts? <laughs> one one every 10 pounds is is where it should perfect, be at. Perfect. Yeah, I, I I agree hundred percent, and I'm just thinking about the fights you can make at 165. Like, can you imagine right. Conor McGregor and Kobe Covington? Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. A lot, but like but, even with even with um yeah, Jorge Masvidal too. Yeah, um, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's that division in between 170 and 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 to some extent 185 and and um 155. Like that's the worst weight cut, right? Some guys can you know most of these guys are standing at 170, but they're not big enough to stand with Usman. There's no way now. That some of these guys can stand now, up. Usman, Usman weighs over 200 pounds. Yeah, so it's like the, the weight cut for some of these guys to get down 155 is way too much. Right. Some of these just, guys aren't big enough to fight at 170. 165 yeah, a, is a premium, premium division. Yeah, they're called tweeners. They call yeah. them tweeners. Yeah. Now, you don't really get too many tweeners between 145 and 155 because it's a lesser gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a small, it's only 10 pound gap. Most 145ers can can fight at 155 well some of these guys can go as far down as bantamweight right so that's well, why like that even, gap isn't really there it's even 45 is out of camp they should ideally should be walking around 165 mm-hmm. you're 45 like you some sometimes you get to 170 but then when you start training 165 you make your cut from 160 15 pounds easy but with um if you're a if you're a a 155er and you weigh 190 you know, Khabib's yeah. 190, what, 200, something like that, you know? Like think about even, even Connor, like he, in the week of his fights, he's at 172. Hey, you know what? As well as Khabib missed weight in his last fight. Yeah. Cheated. No one's talking about that. No one's was, talking about that. Was he holding on to the shoulder of his buddy? No, no. What happened is the guy who does, does the scale, uh, so there's a counterweight. And I don't know, I'm not an expert, but he just pushed it. Oh, shit. He just pushed it across. <laughs> he just pushed it across. And like when Justin stood on there, it went on and it leveled out. And we all know Khabib's had weight problems his whole entire career. And then with Khabib's, it started countering and it would have hit the, there's like a, there's like a, a needle bit that sticks out or, or, or an arrow or something. And it sort of got to stay under that. But Khabib's been boom. And then the guy just pushed it across. Don't believe me? Go back and look it up. Yeah. It doesn't sort of matter because Khabib's a, a, a legend. But even all the experts and all the people that were talking about it were like, yo, he missed weight. Why are we not, you know, he missed weight. And that's really what happened. He struggles to make 155, bro. Yeah, just 155 is not. Dude, he's big, man. Like he, he struggles. He can't, he can't make that weight. He can't make he's that weight. He's dense. He's not big. He's dense. Yeah. I've seen, I've met Khabib in real life. I've seen him in Vegas. He's not that big. He's dense. Like dense yeah. as in, like he's got. Uh, like he's very like, stocky, stocky like yeah, yeah. and like he's not my body legs, type. Like I'm, it goes like his legs go like his 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 calves, and then they go down to his like his huge ankles. They're not cankles, but they're huge ankles. Yeah, and then his feet are like big Frodo feet. You know who was bigger than Khabib? Chris Cyborg. That bitch was <laughs> big, bro. I was like, whoa! I went to an after party. Oh, and, I, and I, I remember being, I was like, holy shit. I was like, and I, because I went to the, yeah, Khabib, Barboza, and Holly Holm, Cyborg. And the first thing that I realized, I was like, Khabib, like, Barboza was significantly bigger too than Khabib. Yeah, he's well, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he, yeah. he was jacked, bro. Mm-hmm. And 
even Kevin Lee, he wasn't that big either. I thought he was bigger. He's not. He's not even that. He. He. I don't know. He's not that. He's not a huge guy. Average. Yeah. But yeah. So there you, go. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Dude, that's you know, I would love to go to UFC after party, see what everybody's up to. I mean, I would love to go there and square up with some of these guys and be like, yo, I can fight you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Oh, of course I'm you were. It. And I was well, like, mm. it is what it is. Not that not like that I actually would, but I'm definitely like uh naturally you compare. Yeah, always. You always kinda of score up. You always kinda of square these guys down, you know, looking from you know, you know, like, oh, hey. yeah. lean, like when I first saw Trent, I was like, Fuck, yeah. I can... <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm just playing. It's yeah. pretty big. <laughs> no. oh, Trent's, 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 Trent's tiny. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> man, can you imagine? But, you know, that's it, man. Episode 18. What a, what a fun episode. Time flies by. We were just talking, just free balling, talking shit. And here we yeah, are. Yeah, I knew we should have done that. Yeah. Great, great episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in on another episode of the Full Mount Podcast. Man, we're going to be talking some more stuff. We're very excited for Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov this Saturday, but more excited for UFC 258 happening next Saturday. And, um, I mean, that's it for us on this Tuesday afternoon. Appreciate you, Trent. That's it for us here. Ruben Nagyal Jr., Trent McGregor. Peace out. See you, bro.